0: hello everyone and welcome back to performer talks i'm your host bethany unwin and today i'm delighted to be joined by christopher bartlett Wolford, who is a casting director and agent thank you so much for coming on the show and giving up your time today
1: That's all right. No one's doing much at the moment, are they? So,
0: So, um, first of all, for all the listeners at home, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you get up to?
1: So, oh, it's that that horrible thing about talking about yourself. (laughs) Um, So I I trained in musical theatre about years ago. Um, I went to LSMT and worked as a performer uh, for a very long time. Uh, alongside that, I worked as a casting director for a very long time in the world of family theatre, pantomime, uh, children's theatre and comedy. Um, and since then have gone on to still work as a singer in the night times and at nightclubs and jazz bars around the world. But most of my work now is as an agent uh, for rigmarole management. And I love it. And it's such a wonderful thing to be able to help people on their career paths now uh, in, in totally different ways. So, yeah that's the very quick bit
0: about me <laughs> it's great cause you've got so many strings to your bow um but as an agent yourself um obviously the word agent gets thrown out around a lot but not many people actually know the full jobs list that you have to do as an agent so do you want to just give a brief explanation on you know what you have to do as an agent
1: oh yeah, that's that's a big question i think for me, and I, again, I can only talk about uh, how I work and, and my my uh, relationship with our clients. I like to think that we're taking care of them. Yes, we may be putting them up for work and working behind the scenes on introducing them to, to new people and casting teams and producers of projects that we think they'd be right for. But I like to go further than that. And we like to have a big focus on mental health support and just being there for people. It can be quite intimidating at the best of times, let alone in the middle of a pandemic, to see your colleagues or your peers getting certain auditions or certain roles that you know deep down and, and your management might know deep down you're very right for. But I want to make sure that our clients don't don't judge their success by another person's quote-unquote success. Um, every single person is on their, a different path. Every Every actor or singer or dancer or comedian has their own skill set that they know is very good. And I just want to make sure that with our representation and, and, and the way that I work, we're there for them. And we make sure that they know that they're on their right path. And it might, some people, it might be one audition and they get their dream job. Some people it might be two years and they get their dream job, but that's fine. We like to make sure that we support our clients in every area of their job. Lots of agents like to shout about, The side hustles and stuff which is absolutely brilliant certainly in a time like this so i think as as agents it's really important to make sure that you are representing those people in the job finding world but also you're representing them as people showcase whoever they can be in every aspect of their life that's certainly that's certainly how i like to do it anyway
0: That's lovely. I mean, I mean, we always say, you know, yes, you are a performer, but you are a human being first. And obviously you have to look after yourself as well. So the fact that you look after them as humans is 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 great.
1: I just like to make our clients know that they're not a headshot on a wall. I think it can be uh, it can be quite like I said, quite intimidating if certainly if you're relatively new to the business. And again, graduating into a pandemic cannot have been easy for the, the graduate year this year in any discipline, whether it's, you know, university going to be a mathematician or a scientist or working as a dancer, you know. It's it's, it's very intimidating. And certain drama schools and dance schools and arts colleges don't necessarily, they don't necessarily train you to be in the real world. Uh, so I think it's very important as management when you take on a new client that's certainly a new graduate or, or hasn't necessarily worked in, I hate the phrase, the industry uh, too long, that we put our arm around them as, as, as agents. And, you know, we're all working together. We're all on the same page. We're all doing it to have the same outcome, which is to work. Um, but, you know, we we have to make sure that everyone's on the same page and, and we go to the... It's going to be hard for the next few months in the normal circumstances, let alone now, and we're all, you know, as, as agents, as a collection of agents in the West End and, and all around the world, we, we make sure we do take people under our wing and say, this is what life is like. You, if you do this, you'll be fine. If you, if you do that, it might be more difficult. And we can guide them and curate their careers going forward as, as soon as we can. That's as amazing. soon as it will be allowed. <laughs> yeah, as
0: soon as, you know, this all passes. It's, get, it's, it it's
1: slowly getting there. Yeah. It's slowly starting to creep back
0: exactly we're slowly coming into that new normal now so hopefully the things will keep turning and the wheels will keep turning as we go forward from now um so now moving on to you as a casting director because you've spent quite a lot of time on the casting panel for shows what do you look for i think it's really helpful for performers to know when you're casting a show what stands out for you when you're sat at that panel
1: so for me it was always personality. I a lot of the shows that I cast would have a comedic element to them, um, whether it was a big pantomime or, or um, a sketch comedy show or even just a you know a, a vocalist show with dancers behind them and the concerts and stuff like that. I always wanted to see people's personality. Again, there's, there's not an exact science to audition. It's very much whoever's in the room at that moment. But I... I would always make sure that I asked people to tell me a joke at the end of the audition. Cause people can find auditions very, very intimidating, very, you know, stressful. They're, they're really stressful circumstances. It's your, you know, for some people, 30 seconds, some people 15 minutes of a shop window to really show yourself off. So I always used to kind of take that stress out by asking them to tell us a joke at the end, if you give them a script and you give them sides when you walk into a room that can be quite prohibitive. Certainly if you have any uh, literacy issues, whether you're dyslexic or something similar, reading a script cold is really tough for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So I like to, you know, we, we have to give them scripts and we send it in advance as much as possible. But for me, telling, getting them to tell us a joke would just break down that barrier straight away. So that was one of my little tricks to go, you're gonna tell us a story now. All I care about is you've been able to tell me a story. I don't care about the scripts on the page that I've written. I care about you telling me a story and showing that you have the ability to convey that story. And even a two line joke, you can get a little glimpse of that. If you see, if maybe someone struggled with a script, I would always look for their personality in a joke. For me also, I know somebody can act through a song and I know someone can do that. But something else I'd always love was seeing them able to sing a song out of context, completely as themselves. So I would always ask somebody to, say it was a, a pop show, say we'd have to ask them to be, I don't know, a, let's say a pirate or a princess or something. And they did that. Or they were a, a mother, you know, a really emotional mother at the moment. We'd ask them to sing a big a musical theatre song that reflected that. I'd also ask somebody to bring in a song that they just enjoy singing. Doesn't matter what genre, doesn't matter what it is. And I'd actually ask them to do it just as themselves. And people find that harder than you think because you're trained certainly if you have trained you you train yourself and you are trained to have context and emotion and and you know setting in it every song but it's equally as important certainly if you're going up for a lead a vocalist on a you know certain types of concert tour or cruises or whatever it's really important to be able to sing it as yourself you know you might be thrown into a, a solo cabaret situation where yes storytelling through a song is very very important but So it's connecting with your audience on a human level, on a personal level. And that's what I always would look for in my castings, just making sure that you can have that personal connection and the human connection. So even things like talking to the panel before you even sing anything or afterwards, that bit's just as important as your singing and your acting or your dancing or your improvisation or whatever. So I just wanna see the personality and the people behind the performer, because then I can connect with you as a director, as a producer, just working with you. I know what you're going to be like working with me for the next year or two years or whatever. it is.
0: Absolutely. I think that's so important as well, having that communication with the panel as you go in. I mean, it's a stressful situation when you're in an audition room. You know, it's um, it can be quite intimidating if there's a panel there and there's a pianist and the room's deadly silent, but it's not letting the nerves take away from who you are. In a normal conversation, we'd ask people how they are as well and we'd see if they're okay and have general chit-chat. So you've got to still bring that human element that you do to everyone outside of it inside the audition room.
1: Absolutely. I, I think the, the most I- important thing that I've learned, uh, certainly from doing my show now, talking to lots of people about auditions, but in life as a casting director, as an agent, as a performer, all that, is they're on your side. The audition panel are already on your side. And by being asked to, sell, let's face it, self-tapes a lot of the time at the moment, to be asked to self-tape or be in that room is a massive step already. And it means that they want you If you don't get asked to audition or self-tape or something, that's fine because it just means you weren't right for it. And by trying to go in for something you're not right for, you're wasting your own time and everyone else's time. So don't let that, you know, don't let that dig into your mind either. But if you've got to that audition and you're already being asked to sing or self-tape, that's massive. And it means that they want to see you. They want to see what you can do. So, yes, some castings and some auditions can present themselves maybe as more intimidating. I've used that word a lot already, (laughs) you know, more stressful or scary situations. But they are just people on a panel. You can talk to them. You can ask them questions and ask questions. If there's something you're not sure of, even in the room, just ask them because that'll show you care. And it means that you want to do the best you can and you want to do it as accurately as they want it as possible.
0: Absolutely. And I think as well, when you're obviously in the room auditioning for these people, you need to remember that they are wanting you to do well because they don't want to sit there and watch people fall flat on their face in an audition. You know, They want people to be right for this job. So everyone that comes in the room, they're gonna want you to do well and be looking for all the positives that you do and could you fit this part. So they're never gonna be trying to pick out the negatives and see the negativity within people. They want the positivity.
1: Yeah. And I think that might as well be the first time they're meeting you in person and you might present yourself even better for the project in person than you did in a headshot on Spotlight or on a CV that you've emailed or, you know, a verse and a chorus demo that you've self-taped for them. So it's an exciting time in audition for the panel to actually meet you as a casting team. You want to meet people. That's literally your job. You want to meet new people. You want to find the best talent that you can for a job or you wanna find the right talent for the job as well. And when you do find the right talent, it's such a thrill because it means that your hard work has paid off.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. So obviously now we've spoken a little bit about what you look for as a casting director. Does that differ when you're looking for people to represent? Because you're an agent, obviously a lot of performers will probably submit themselves to you for potential representation. So what stands out to you making you think, oh, I wanna work with them?
1: It's not even so much that you think I want to work with them is that you can work for them. So, you know, there's, there might be people who uh, approach an agent for representation that might be incredibly talented, but if you already have a person that's very similar or will have too much of a crossover, certainly for me. And the, when the way that we manage Rigmarole, we're quite a personal agency and a personal manager. We don't have a huge amount of clients. So say, for instance, there's three, I have three dancers who are all blonde and all have a similar vocal range and a very similar look. If I represent, you know, five or six people that look like that and then take on even more people that look like that, it, it means that our resources are going to be spread very thinly over a very similar person. And, and that isn't me giving that person the right respect in their career and their opportunities to that they should have. So I like to make sure that I I don't have any clashes. That's a really important thing. I can certainly see that person working, but not see them working, actually see specific areas of uh, their career that I can really help with and and really set up those meetings and and introduce them to the right people. But also that they have the right passion and they understand who they are as artists and who they are as performers so that we match. Because it's a two-way relationship. An agent isn't just working for the client, and the client isn't just waiting for the phone to ring. That isn't how things should work. It's a relationship. It's a two-way thing. If a client approaches us and they say, "Oh, I found I found this amazing project. I'd, I'd love to be seen for it," or I've already spoken to them on on Twitter or Facebook and they said, "Send me stuff. Can you do it?" It's it's fine to do that. And I like the the nudge function. you know, every agent works differently. But I'm more than happy if a a performance is a job that pops through on the spotlight board to them that they say, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love to be seen for this. Well, 99% of the time, I've already submitted for them because they're right for it anyway. You know, I, I love a two-way conversation. So when I'm interviewing new potential clients or, or artists that have expressed an interest in, in being represented by us, i just like to make sure that we connect as people and we can really see where we can help them in their careers. And certainly that they already know or, or they have a good idea of where they'd like their career to go. And that it's realistic, I think, certainly in a time I'm such as this now reality has to come first and and I want to make sure that they have a really good uh, career life balance as well and that they can make sure that they can survive and they aren't like I said aren't just sitting around waiting for the phone to call because that's that's not a healthy way to live your life as a performer um, not, <laughs> not a healthy way to live your life as an agent as well but you know it's it, there's there's so much to it and everybody looks for different things but for me It's the connection to the person, making sure that I can work for them as much as they can work for themselves. And making sure that I don't have any clashes on our books already and that there's there's a gap for want of a better phrase.
0: Yeah, because I think that's so important, because in the third year, I know we got told to write to as many agents as possible, send your stuff off to every agent you can't be right for every agent and they're not going to be right for you. So you need yeah. to work out the ones that you are going to be able to have that relationship with. And it's essentially a business partnership, really, because, you know, you both have to work together to work.
1: Exactly. Ex- exactly. That's it. And I think what you just said there is is spot on. Not every agent is right for you. So sometimes and, you know, throughout our careers, we can we can experience being unrepresented by somebody and you can you know write to many agents and email any agents and and many agents might see you at a show or singing in a bar or you know whatever they you might get somebody who you've had your eye on for a while approach you and say ah let's talk about what you'd like from your career and you might sit there and it you just not feel it and that's absolutely fine no one's going to take it personally and certainly you know as agents if if we sit in a meeting and someone says "Oh, I don't think you're the right fit for me that's absolutely fine because it's not the right fit for you and that means that that wasn't the right person I think so many times so many people can maybe get interest from agents and just go yes I'm going to be represented by you but they may be the only person that's come you know calling it's it's okay to, to think about things and and look over things and talk to some of their clients that are re- represented by them already and, and you know they'll give Good responses back, and you know it's it's nice to it's nice to converse with them. But also, it's okay to just think it over because you're right. Not every agent is right for you, and it has to feel right.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you've said that as well because it is it is reassuring to hear it from the other side that you know you feel the same. If people aren't right for you, or you aren't right for them, then you know it doesn't. It's never,
1: it's never personal. Yeah, it's never personal. And, you know, there's 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 somebody who. Approached us for representation a little while ago. She's fantastic, but I, I unfortunately couldn't represent her because we already had somebody almost exactly the same on the books. And and for for I'm only talking from our point of view with a smaller agency. You know, that we we've only got a, a couple of agents and we share our clients, so we make sure we give everyone the, the same attention. But it's it would be detrimental to both of those clients or potential clients to represent both of them at the same time. For me because I know that our focus needs to be on the people that we've got. And, and, you know, I don't want to, what's the word? I don't want to water our relationship down with one to, you know, and then the casting directors that want those people see us, the same two people you know, that's just my, that's just how I represent anyway. I'm not, I can't talk for how everyone else represents and it might be very wrong. Someone might be screaming at their headphones now (laughs) and that's fine, but that's just, that's just how we work.
0: And that's exactly it. Every agent is different. So it's true. Um, so, when you've signed clients, when you've got people on your books, what do you like to see them actively doing outside of a contract, outside of auditioning, to better themselves as a person and to better themselves in their career?
1: And we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I like to see them having a very healthy life career balance, and I mean that as as outside of performing career as well, like a life work balance includes a pub job it includes a cinema job it includes a dog walker job a nanny job whatever i want to make sure that they're enjoying life i want to make sure that they have life um it's so very easy when you're in the the performing world to just really have that as your soul being but it's so healthy and it's so important to forget that during the week Go on a walk Listen to something that isn't a soundtrack, you know, however hard that might be for me not to listen to Disney (laughs) Um, 24-7. Go and find a seaside town you've never been to. Find somewhere on a train that you've never been to and just go there for the day. Or go and see your friends, go out for cocktails, go out for a drink, go out for a coffee. Read, Read a book that's nothing to do with theater. I think it's so important for me to see people stepping away from everything creative And and actually, I will say this throughout lockdown, it's been so easy to judge, quote unquote, how lockdown is going for other people by somebody writing a play or, you know, doing 45 Zoom readings of different Shakespeare stuff. If you've done none of that, you've done brilliantly because it's absolutely fine to not want to do anything. I, for for instance, I haven't sung a note since March because I can't. I can't bring myself to sing. It's meant that I've been able to concentrate on other outlets of creativity. Or, you know, somebody might usually write loads of work and actually haven't been able to write anything creatively during this time or, or any time. And that's fine. So I, I like to see that they've got that balance and, and that they can step away. Um, I think it's really good to see them keeping active. I like seeing our clients just. Be physically active because it's very healthy for you to just, like I said, even a half an hour walk a day, get out of the house. It's it's really useful, obviously, when you're allowed to get out of the house because <laughs> you weren't, but it's really useful to see them doing that. But also, in regards to developing themselves as artists, if they're more musical, I love seeing them working on a new cover. I love seeing on Instagram them posting a verse and a chorus of a new song if they're learning a new instrument. Um, then, you know. Do do a little Insta story about you playing your new harmonica or your accordion or something. Um, you know, it's it's healthy to to showcase your passion in different ways, but it's also healthy to step away from that. And it's also healthy to just do it because you enjoy it. Don't not not everything has to revolve around getting work. If you put that pressure on yourself, it can really very quickly lead to an unhealthy relationship with your career. So it's really important to remember the joy that you have for your art form. And if that is putting, you know, getting a few friends over Zoom and getting a glass of wine and writing this, writing some sketches and getting them to read it together, that's great. That's really good. But it's also really good just to play your Nintendo Switch and play Smash Brothers. I think it's, it's. I love seeing people just be themselves because it shows me as their agent and as, and as their friend as well, they have that personality and then that even might spark something in in my head saying okay well i know that they really like running or i know that they're a gym bunny i know that they love video games i can then go okay well that's that's developed them as a person in my eyes as well but you know it's not all about that i think that's that's what i like it needs to it needs to not all be about that.
0: yeah and i think that's so interesting because that was one of the things that i learned when i got badly injured during my third year um at college I was like I can't do anything and now it's like oh gosh like that was my whole everything that was what I invested all my time in every day every night at weekends and now it was suddenly gone and I was like what do I do and that's when I started blogging and I wrote a script and I went and saw family and it was just it was the most refreshing time in the end coming out of it to have to realise that I can do all these other bits as well. It doesn't have to be your sole focus on everything. Yes, be committed and follow whatever your passions are, but also, you know, it's fine to step away and it's healthy to do that and then come back to yeah. it and you actually feel so much ready, like so ready to tackle everything head on.
1: Yeah, I you know, I'm, I'm no mental health expert and certainly I have my own struggles inside my noggin, but it's... Mental health is, is just health. Putting the word mental in front of it, I, I don't like that. It's just health. If you hurt your ankle, you take time to look after it. If you hurt your shoulder, you take time to look after it. If you hurt your brain, take time to look after it. If you hurt your soul, take time to look after it. And it's so easier said, than done, and I really appreciate that. But if anyone is listening to this and thinking, oh, that really sounds like me, I, I've been scared to, to just stop for a week, even a day. Do it. Turn your phone off. And that's oh, that's something that's so, so good. We all rely on social media too much. If you literally sit there and, and you find yourself go- bouncing from one app to another, or you find yourself bouncing from inside, I'm, we're both smiling because we're both doing oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> we both know it. And you know, <laughs> Bethany and I are both giggling because so we're like, yeah, this is blatantly up. If you find yourself flicking to check your emails, then check your Instagram, then check Twitter, refresh on Twitter, or just check my DM, see if anyone slid it, knowing it. Like, just put it put your phone down honestly put a film on switch off grab a cup of tea and just stop because it's so healthy yeah it's so so important to release yourself from the pressures that one puts on themselves already and do just do something different Find oh, a colouring book colouring is so therapeutic well oh, unless you like me book. and you can't colour in the lines colouring is <laughs> great even a sudoku sudoku I can never say the word correctly oh yeah because I don't something similar something simple like that find find something that seems tedious and just do it e- even for me do you know what I really like doing to switch off I like washing the dishes don't tell my wife I love washing <laughs> and I love just doing the ironing
0: I can't I can say I relate to you on that
1: one. no I know her face is absolutely Not changed me. listeners but it's but it's something it's something complete that I can stop I not think about anything else. I can concentrate. I'll put a podcast on in the background, and I'll just enjoy an hour of doing something completely different.
0: Yeah, I enjoy um, doing crosswords and um, word searches. Mm. I'm a bit of a nerd on that. I like my word searches. I like or play writing. along to
1: University Challenge. That's another good one. Oh. Find old episodes of University Challenge that you haven't watched, and just pretend you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can even have a Zoom like you can have the four boxes on Zoom, and you can pretend you're in. It.
0: Buzz in. We just need you know, a buzzer.
1: You know how long it took me to realise that in in University Challenge, in the studio, they're not actually on top of each other. They're next to it, and the camera just puts them on top of each other. It <laughs> took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to work that out. So
0: will be some and people I'm start not- listening to this going, "What? <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, they're going. You are joking. I was today <laughs> years old when I realised.
0: <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Oh, yeah." Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got those things, though, that we don't realise. I mean, for me, it's lyrics in a song. You know when you were younger and you used to sing along to some songs and now you listen to them oh, back yeah. and you're like, why did my mum let me sing along to that in the car? Like, that, you know, when you just realise now? Mummy,
1: what is what is W-A-P? Never mind.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's what gets me <laughs> now. That's what takes me nice. an embarrassingly long time to <laughs> click on to.
1: What's the Nicki Minaj? Uh, i'll tell you when you're older
0: <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, the worst the worst song when i was young when i tried to uh listen like when i was a teenager was like rock dj oh times have changed
0: oh yeah i'm yeah. showing
1: my age there everyone
0: <laughs> yeah now some of the songs are just so much oh I can't...
1: bethany I, i'm a dad now <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dad now so my head's going no, i you, she's not robin <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Moana, you express, yourself whatever,
1: you express yourself in whatever way you want i am absolutely fine with that ah
0: oh, dear so when you have um signed with clients are there any positive negative things that stick out for you when you're helping them maybe get to auditions or um, when you're negotiating contracts for them, is there anything positive or negative that stands out and makes them easier slash more difficult to work with?
1: Um, I, so the big one for me is communication. Now I hate WhatsApp in, in my personal life because there is, there is an expectation of availability on WhatsApp and We all have lives and just because one sends one a message doesn't mean that a person has to respond to it immediately. However, when it comes to the world of commercials, certainly things come in very last minute. And if uh, you use, say for instance, any calendar sharing software like Tagmin or similar, keep it up to date. If you know you're gonna be away for the day and you're gonna visit family and there's no signal there but you've marked yourself as okay to self-tape or something, then just keep your agent up to date with your movements. Because for me, I find it very difficult to, if we're working hard behind the scenes to, to get that audition and get that job. And things do come in last minute. Or even an availability check comes in. That I need to know the answer to before the end of play. And it might come in at 10 o'clock and you still will not go back to us by 4 o'clock. And I know, on paper, I know that you haven't got, like you're not on holiday or something. Just just keep keep your agent up to date or keep your yourself up to date with what you're doing at any one time certainly in lockdown we all know there's a little bit more leeway and we're absolutely fine with that but communication is key and if if people consistently don't reply to messages or reply to them in a certain way i find it very difficult to to keep that reliability up and i say that i say that from being like it when i you know when when i was earlier on in my career as well I'm not saying one has to answer an email the second it comes in, but make sure you get back to someone uh, by the end of the day. You know, make sure you 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 understand that if if certain things come in and you don't get back, don't don't be massively offended if you've then missed out. But the agents are working. You know, we're all working incredibly hard at the moment. Most of us for absolutely no money as well, because the workers. You know, there is no work, and if we work on commission payments, you know, that's how it works. But we're still putting in our time to make sure that those careers can can happen as much as possible. So if we email you something important or we say you're going to get some important emails over the next couple of days, just make sure you're, you're just keeping an eye on it and, you know, check check in every every hour or so just to make sure that you've, you, you're not missing. If you can, if you're at work, don't worry about it, but let us know that you're at work so that we can go. They'll get back to you in the morning, that kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, people are so understanding. Everyone understands that things come up, things happen, you know, and like with this pandemic, you know, not everything's a given anymore. We understand that, but I think people need to realise it's so much easier when you communicate. If something has come up, let us know in plenty of time and then it's fine. Things happen all the time and you can't control them. It's no one's fault, No. Um, but you've got to let people know.
1: And it's fine for it to happen. Absolutely. And everyone understands that as well. Like, it's absolutely fine. No one is holding anyone to task for for having life, having a life.
0: Absolutely.
1: But there is a balance between just making sure that you're at least replying to emails. Because if you don't reply, and it's an important one, Say for instance, uh, we've got this. Uh, we've got a meeting on Monday. I need everyone to tell me if they're available or not. If I send that two weeks ahead, or, or you know, a week ahead, or whatever, just make sure you're checking your emails.
0: Absolutely, everyone's so <laughs> understanding, but you just need to make sure you are letting them know. Um, yeah, because that's fair on both ends. Then.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, um, what? Would you say you absolutely love about being a casting director and an agent? What are the things that you think are the best bits about being an agent or a casting director?
1: In regards to being a casting director, I love people showing me what they can do. I love it, I love it. I love it when people come in and they have pride in what they're doing. I love it when, it's your time to show off, let's face it. It's your time to say, not, I think I'm right for this, but I'm right for this. You go in and you have that mindset and, and it comes across to me on a panel, brilliant. That's, that's half of the battle straight there. Show me that you're excited to be there, really engage with everyone. And I love that moment. I absolutely love it. And as an agent, I. it sounds weird, but I love people putting their trust in me. I love people showing me that they trust us with their careers and that they want to partner on their careers, that's an incredible feeling, and it's one I'd never felt until I ha- became an agent and, and worked with Ringroll. And it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling. But then I love seeing their careers develop, and I love making those phone calls, and I love sending those emails. And I, then I love when people are out on jobs and they're sending me pictures and they're just having an absolute blast. And yes, not every job is is, is as successful when you're on it, and th- there can be hard times as Certainly I've experienced in the past, but you you can still find joy. And I love it when people find joy, even if they haven't got a role or something. It's been a year and they haven't had a contract or whatever. I love them just having pride in their work, whether that's before they get the job, in the job or coming to meet me as a casting director. It it just fills me with such a warm feeling because it means I know that they care about themselves and value themselves as a human as well as their skill set. That's
0: great. I love that. It's so nice to see people coming because they actually love what they do and they don't feel like, ah, oh, this is the day job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and that's it. And I think it's, you know, it, it goes from, I think, where where we were all, you know, I like I said, I had musical theatre trained. I used to love listening to musicals because that was just what I loved and I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. But then transferring that love... For listening to CDs and and you know it was before Spotify, so don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> tapes, do you remember tapes? um I love listening to stuff, but now I love listening to the soundtracks that my peers and my friends and my colleagues are on. My clients appear on a track on Spotify. I'm like, that's amazing. And now it's it's a very different way of me enjoying that kind of that that side of musical theatre or, or theatre. where I love watching a play or i love watching a movie and going, oh, I know that person or, or that person I've worked with that person. Or, that's one of my clients in in, in that film. It's, it's great. It's yeah. a good feeling to have. Pride in each other. And I think that's more important than anything. You can have pride in yourself, but it costs absolutely nothing to lift each other up. It costs absolutely nothing to scream to the hills about a friend who's, uh, who's done a, an amazing cover. Just because you might not be able to reach those notes, don't diminish that person. Or just because you know, uh, that person's done a cover of a song that you've wanted to do, don't ignore it. Share it and share it with comments and share it with people and go, you need to watch this, this is great. Help each other out by supporting each other in the easiest way and just cheering each other on. If it's finding Mm. a new podcast like this, that's great. Tell people to listen to it. It costs absolutely nothing. If it's, oh, I did this workshop the other day, it cost, cost me five pounds, but you'll absolutely love it. Brilliant, support that person. If somebody's drawn a picture on Instagram and they're incredibly arty, you don't know what sharing that will lead to for them. It might lead to them being commissioned to design a logo for somebody's new brand. It might be they're commissioned to put something on the wall. It's not all about that kind of success, but just sharing each other's work and each other's side hustles and stuff is great. It's so good. It feels good to lift each other up. It feels good to support everyone else. And even if you don't know them, if you see something you like, just share it, just just be there for other people in even that tiny little way. It's such a good feeling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I
1: rambled a bit there. Sorry ben. No, but No, but that's important.
0: such an important message, and I think you know, there's always that saying, isn't there? Of blowing out someone else's light doesn't make yours shine any brighter. So it's all about no. uplifting others and working together. Like we're all in this together. Like we are, um, you know. And it's a small oh, industry. I, I nearly
1: sang it then, but I'm going <laughs> to spare you that
0: um but yeah it's a small little old industry really and he's doing the dance
1: i did the dance i did the dance sorry i made a laugh
0: (laughs) but yeah we are we're all in it together at the end of the day yeah and i'm sure you won't be the only one who did did the dance along with me so i know
1: yeah five (laughs) six seven that's as much dance as i've done in years i can tell
0: you that uh I'm giggling too much. My cheeks hurt. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> I talk a lot. Sorry.
0: No, it's great. It's so, it's so lovely. Now I ask everyone this. You've got a laugh,
1: haven't you? You've oh, got laugh.
0: absolutely. You've got to laugh. you got to laugh. Um, so I ask everyone this. What advice would you give to aspiring performers?
1: Just believe in yourself. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's true. Believe in yourself that's important but also be realistic it might take you at the moment uh, so much longer to get where you know in in one of the best phrases where you want to be but be realistic one is going to have to work at the moment like i i I had to take on a shelf stacking job during the pandemic just to keep my family fed but that's what i had to do so be realistic about how you're going to be able and how you'll going to have to get to where you want to be if that's moving to London that's fine it might mean you have to work uh, it might kind of talk it might mean that you have to work a little bit longer in the supermarket than you thought Uh, you know it might mean that you have to wait a little bit to raise funds to get to that drama school if you don't get in first time or you don't get it at all it might mean that you have to look at different avenues to train and that's fine but believe in yourself As well as being realistic i think that's so it's so important to remember it's okay if things take time it's okay if well it's not okay if there's a pandemic but it's okay if the industry stops for six months because it will come back and when it comes back it will be so much stronger than it was and actually it's the right time for things to change it's the right time for representation to become much much stronger it's the right time for uh, much more access in in castings for people with disabilities and you know it's it's the right time for things to to change to represent people of different genders and non-binary performers and trans performers in roles that they can do and not just roles that you design for them. and I think it's it, it, i I'm so I'm fighting in every way that I can to help as a, as a white cisgendered male to to help every way that I can to help those performers reach those opportunities that they should have been having for years. And it's the right time when the middle of a six month pans. What is it in six months, seven months? I have no six idea how long this is going for now. If the industry has paused, now is the time to say when it starts back, it starts back in the right way.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes I think, you know, maybe it was just a sign that we couldn't go on any longer and things needed to change. So maybe this is exactly what was meant to happen.
1: Would have, we, would have been good if we'd wore masks from March, but you know.
0: It would have been. It would have been ideal.
1: Let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. I've got a baby. I've got hand sanitiser all over the shop anyway, so I'm all right.
0: But... Uh, yeah, you're fine. You're Dude, sorted. We ha- we
1: had we had to do the coronavirus test the other week, and having to do a one-year-old's t- nasal swab and, and tonsil swab is not fun.
0: Too, Interesting.
1: But luckily, when they're screaming anyway, quite easy to get to their tonsils. So, yeah. 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 Problem is, he wouldn't take he wouldn't take his milk then that night because he thought I was going to be swapping his nose and his mouth again.
0: Poor, poor, little poor thing. thing. Bless him. Poor little buddy. Oh, He's poor fine. thing. Um. So, the last thing I want to mention is you run a podcast. Now, your podcast is so relatable. It's so funny and it's such a lighthearted and uplifting way of looking at the industry. Please can you tell every listener about it because I want them to go and check out your podcast as well because it, it made me have a good giggle and I think we all need that right awesome.
1: now. Thank you very, thank you for saying that. That's very kind. So, you know, hopefully you're still listening. If you're not still listening, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so my show is called Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. I had the idea about two years ago um, when I was working, casting a certain show and, and working as, as, you know, production support and a few things that I, I just saw that so many people, like, like we've said, auditions are stressful. And my podcast celebrates those moments when it doesn't go to plan and tells you it's okay. It normalizes stresses. It normalizes mistakes. I use that term very loosely because there's no mistakes. It normalizes those moments when things go absolutely tips up (laughs) and often result in hysterical circumstances. So what we do is every week I go through our listener submissions, listeners email in their stories to us anonymously so they don't have to say it was me that it happened or them that they happened to, um, And I read them to a guest from the world of uh, musical theater, from theater, from TV, from comedy. We've had some incredible YouTube artists come on. And we've also had casting directors and producers and Broadway directors come on as well to say that every side of the table, it happens and it's fine. And you know what? It's seemingly proving to be a really good resource for people during this downtime of the industry to remember times in their career or times in auditions that it didn't go to plan. It's no career retrospective show. We don't ask people historically like, what's your favorite moment on stage? No, 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 no. It's, it's a kind of, it's a really cheeky, funny look at the industry and what really happens behind audition doors. And you don't have to be a performer to listen to it as well. We've got thousands of people that listen every week all around the globe. And a lot of them have absolutely no connection to the theatre industry. They might watch YouTube videos and wonder how it's made and then we tell them exactly how the auditions happen or how it is writing. on when we had Emily Fleming from Good Mythical Morning, the, you know, 16 and a half million subscribers on YouTube. She came on and she talked about how, how it is auditioning for commercials in LA because it's very different to London, let me tell you. <laughs> but that's, I'm not going to know that. I don't have a career in LA. I don't have any clients over in LA at the moment. So it's, you know, it, it little things like that. It, it just, like you said, it tells everyone that we're all on the same page and it happens to all of us whether you're a west end star whether you're a lead on broadway or you're a an international renowned cabaret artist internationally renowned cabaret artist you can still go into an audition and something can happen which just puts that it's that curveball they might ask you to do something that you've never thought about doing before they might ask you to do something which you wish you never had to do <laughs> there might be someone in the audition that is an absolute idiot and causes you a problem. You can tell us those stories and we share them. And we genuinely, I, so I say this every time, right, Bessie? When I'm recording the show, obviously I've had to read the stories and then, you know, plan what's going to be in the show. I get so sweaty. <laughs> I get so warm and so hot from reading these stories, whether it's somebody letting out, a fart in the middle of a dance call when there's silence, when it's a strike a pose, or somebody ending up in A&E after a and e after a call at a fringe theatre, but had nearly a hundred stairs to get to the theatre, and they had to go down with a broken ankle, or it might even be you have been asked to do something like pretend to be a chicken and tell a pantomime story as a chicken on your on your hands and knees, clucking after every word, that just sends the room into chaos. We love them, and it's it honestly is it's so much fun to make much much like yourself with, with this show is isn't, isn't it wonderful just making a show that you know people can listen to and it's just part of their day and it's part of their routine and whether it comes out on monday mornings or whether it comes out on friday mornings people listen to you your show and it's it just feels good to know that we're we're helping people escape for an hour or so
0: yeah definitely oh yeah so nice
1: I, 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 and i'm really pleased that people seem to like it and your kind words are, are you know they mean a lot and and it's just like when people review your show it makes it feel that you well you are making a difference to that person's day so yeah our show's called don't call us we'll call you i'll i'll send bethany a link to put in the description of this yeah, but you can put us on twitter i will put
0: all the handles in the show notes for the podcast as we've well got, as their instagram we've got some
1: We've got some really cool people coming up. I can't I can't shit too much, but we've had uh, you know we've had David Hunter who was in Waitress and Kinky Boots. Um, we've got Caroline Kay on who co-wrote the Space Between with David. We've had Christina Bianco on. We've had Thomas Mitchell's on, who's an incredible comedy actor and voiceover artist. who was a good buddy for the years, as well as being in Friends of Call. Cool. And we've also had Sarah Jane Price on, casting director of Salador, and, and she works with Club Eleven. So we've had loads of different people. Hebrew El-Sheik from uh, everybody's talking about Jamie. who was Jasmine in Aladdin in in Sydney as well. Loads of different people from loads of different disciplines. Um, Hopefully proving to everyone who's a performer listening to us that it's okay for things not to go right. And when they do, sharing it is showing that everyone else has the same thing as well. And hopefully they can relate to it and go, oh, I'm not on my own.
0: Absolutely. It was one of those things. You
1: know. Unless you punch someone in the face on purpose, then you are on your own. Oh
0: I yeah, to say that. yeah. No, no one's done that. <laughs> um, well, but we,
1: uh, we we have had a few like that, but they were accidents. But yeah, I'll, Accident I'll, I'll, I'll find find accidents are
0: fine. Accidents happen. but yeah no it's it's really nice to listen and feel that you're not on your own and we all know that feeling when we're in an audition and the most embarrassing thing happens and we want the ground to swallow us up so it's just nice to be able to giggle about it and relate to people and understand that others go through it too you are not on your own no both sides of the
1: table that's the important thing that's the important thing It happens to casting teams too and you'll hear it in our show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's brilliant. So guys, definitely check out the podcast. I will put the link in the show notes as well as their Instagram handle so you can definitely take a look at what they do. Um, But a massive, massive thank you, Christopher, for joining us today.
1: It's been my pleasure. I I love listening to the show and it's so insightful Mm -hmm. that when you asked me to come on, I I was more than happy to.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you felt there was any information you related to or you found helpful as it will help us get more free information out there to as many performers as possible. So a massive thank you for listening. I've been your host, Bethany Unwin, and you've been listening to Performer Talks.